0: Hello and welcome to A Couple of Goons, which is a podcast about this song and this song only, the best song that was ever written. Uh, I am Walt Hickey, and I am joined, as always, by the one and the only Neil Payne. Neil, how's it going tonight?
1: Hey, Walt. I like the idea of the podcast just being strictly Brass Bonanza-based, even though nothing about the title would indicate that in the least. Absolutely Uh, not. (laughs) It's it's good to have, uh, you know, like a theme song Truly becomes like the themed song, uh, as in the podcast. Whole theme is a song.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it, it really distills down the entity. It's like John Williams. It's it's the light motif of, of Goons. Yeah, <laughs> of Goons. Yes. I, I need now. I need like a John
1: Williams yep. uh, uh brass bonanza.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, like, listen. When when Wagner was first coming up with the idea of leitmotif, he clearly had a, a hockey podcast that occasionally mm. happens featuring a song of a swanky version of a uh, the theme song of a defunct team from nearby. Yes, that is exactly what was in mind um, when crafting the very. I wish I could reference the theory. Uh, There are two
1: uh, Wagner's in the history of uh, no three in the history of the NHL, but they're not well known players. I, I cannot even begin to pretend that I knew these players off the top of my head without looking (laughs) at hockey reference, which is really the standard like you have to be memorable for
0: us to like bring you up like Brent Gretzky. (laughs) Yeah, like Brian Gretzky. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, just a mere like two weeks left of, of, of nor- regular season hockey um, from this our 2021 2022 season. And uh, there's still some stuff in the air. And it's a very fun matchup. And we wanted to talk a little bit about it before we get into it. However, and this is really important, um, there is something that we've been lapsed on lately. And, and I think that uh, we've gotten a ton of reader mail um, all about it. And so. For a while, folks may recall that in every episode, we would go back in time and we would uh, basically, you know, if it was episode number 27, uh, we would uh, we would regale you with a story of, of, of the best player who's 2027 20, in the mind of, of Neil, obviously. And, you know, coming back off of our brief hiatus, uh, we neglected to do that. And so today, our 30th episode,
1: oh, we're learn about
0: the 30th player. Uh, we're the best player who ever wore
1: number 30. In a, what if, in what if it was the 30th the player in NHL history?
0: <laughs> yes. I <laughs> was just Nick Illicati of Montreal, Canada. Like, from nineteen <laughs> <laughs> from 1901. He owned an ice farm and was the only one who had stakes, skates. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: He was both number one and 30. <laughs> uh, no. So the number 30 uh, has belonged to a number of goalies, which I think is huh. uh, interesting. Kind of a goalie number. Um Henrik Lundquist, yeah, number 30, uh, one of your favorites. Chris Osgood, long time Detroit Red Wings goalie. Uh, but I'm gonna go with the nemesis of the New York Rangers. I'm gonna go with Marty Brodeur, goalie Mm. for the New Jersey Devils, Mm. uh, as my number thirty. Yes.
0: Classic. So, So what did Mr. Brodeur accomplish? Uh, he won a number of Stanley Cups,
1: which ah. is always a good uh, marker love of to see success.
0: That. <laughs> What's that? You love to see that. That's the kind of that, that's the kind of numbers we're looking for here.
1: True. Yes, that's actually the only you know we're gonna we're gonna stop any depth <laughs> of analysis at just like how many cups did you win? So Marty Birder won three, and uh, no, I mean he's just one of the best goalies of all time, Hall of Famer. Uh, won the Vezina one of our favorite Me. awards uh, four different times. Uh, Rookie of the year at a, at, uh, uh, in his first season, which is 1994, which was the year the Rangers won the cup. And uh, so he was on the receiving end of one of the most famous goals in NHL history when Stefan Matteau swooped behind the net and scored the, the game winner for the Rangers against the Devils. But the Devils, pretty much from that point forward, Certainly for the next, you know, couple decades, basically, they had the last laugh over the Rangers after that, uh, because they won all those cups in a relatively short period of time. And uh oh, I should say the fourth cup that Brodeur won was not uh Oh, I'm sorry. I've messed this up completely. He won three cups, all with the Devils. I had like a brief uh, glimmer in my mind. I was like, did he win a fourth cup with the St. Louis Blues? Uh, But he was on the Blues in 2015, and they won in in 2019. It almost made sense in my my addled mind. But anyway, so Brodeur, uh, fun fact about him. So his father was a uh, professional photographer. And was one of the he was like the Team Canada's official photographer during like the 60s or 50s, uh, 60s, 70s, that era. Um, So Brodeur kind of got to grow up around the game through that uh, connection. And his dad, I I don't think he's still active. He, He may no longer be with us. But for a certain period of time, it's like he had a son who was in the game and his dad was also like if you go on Getty Images. You'll find a ton of images from that (laughs) contemporary era by Marty Broderick's dad. Uh,
0: I want to say his dad is named Denny
1: but I don't know completely off the top of my head. We're Denny Broder is a
0: great photographer name. That that, that, that looks <laughs> just at home in the bottom left-hand corner of a photograph. Oh my God. How did I know that his father was, uh, his his father's full
1: name is pretty good. <laughs> Denny Joseph Germain Stanislaus
0: Broder. <laughs> okay. Is he, it Denny like Denny Villeneuve or is it yeah, Denny
1: like D-E-N-M-Y? D-E-N-I-S. Beautiful. So he's French Canadian. Amazing. I love right. that. Uh, So, yes, Marty Brodeur, also French-Canadian, and he was a butterfly goalie. I think his idol growing up was Patrick Waugh, who we also have talked about uh, for his connection with the Colorado Avalanche. He was also goalie for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, and uh, so Brodeur... I have to assume, grew up a Canadians fan, looked up to Patrick Waugh. Waugh, of course, was one of the innovators of the butterfly goaltending technique where you get down on your knees in front of the goal to stop the puck, knowing that most goals are scored along the ice, which completely changed the trajectory of hockey history, that that one you know, stylistic uh, innovation. And so Brodeur sort of became the, he, he, he got the torch passed to him uh and, and became the purveyor of that for like a new generation. Um, so yeah, fun facts about Marty Brodeur uh for you there. But yeah, one of the best goalies ever are our number thirty for the goons. Although Him? he wasn't a goon. He wasn't a goon. Goalies don't tend to really be goons. Uh Patrick Waugh and uh, Oddly, Chris Osgood, I believe, got into some of those fights uh, as well. You know, the, they would get into fights. Ron Hextall, I feel like he got into more than a few fights as a goalie. But as a general rule, goalies don't tend to really drop the gloves. There's a lot of equipment to take off. And as we established in one of our <laughs> goon episodes, it's very important to get your jersey off uh, when you're fighting. So on the one hand, they have cool helmets. but generally. Uh, it's, it's etiquette to, if you're a goalie to only fight the other goalie. So it's kind of nullifies that you don't want to be punching and wailing away on these metal, you know, fiberglass, whatever helmets. Um, and you can't easily remove the equipment to kind of, uh, keep yourself from getting grabbed onto by the other guy. So it's a bad idea to fight as a goalie, which is probably why Brodeur being one of the best goalies, he only had 122 penalty minutes in his 22 year career. Uh, which is what Gordie Howe
0: would call a half season. I don't know. Uh, but yeah. That's great. All right, so that's our number 30, Marty Bredore. Um, Glad have to put that, that out talking? there
1: for the fans, by the yeah. way, that were clamoring. They were missing number 29. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, who would have been Ken Dryden, another goalie.
0: Well, you missed out on Ken Dryden. Um, you'll have <laughs> to consult Wikipedia or Pro Hockey Reference yourself. Uh, which is honestly all I'm reading off of anyway. I got the, by the way, I got the notification that, uh, the domain, um, github.com slash neilpain538.com is going to, uh, renew. Expire. And so that was a, that was very fun. Oh. That's the past. So anyway, I was going to renew. Um, okay, good. Thank God. Yes, Thank God, God we can get that, that cleared gotta out. I got to hold on to that real estate. Okay. Without that real estate, I don't know what is, what my web presence is going to look like. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, because we know there's like squatters out there that are just ready to hop all <laughs> over that. We're gonna be like the Cleveland Guardians. We're gonna be screwed.
0: The You're- Washington Commanders. <laughs> oh man, it is just it is, it's a it's a jungle out there. I don't I don't even know how else to say it. It's it's, it's so bad out there. Um, <laughs> but- yeah, because that's the top problem that the Washington Commanders have. <laughs> that, that's that, that's the first one off the dome. That's exactly what is on the world's mind when weighing the future of the Washington Commanders. Um, what will their URL be? Yeah, no. How are they going to navigate this one? <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, we're coming on up on the. Uh, well, actually, you know, we there's another segment that again. I have gotten fifty voicemails about this, maybe fifty two, and it's been team of the week. And you know, oh. we did like a, kind of a catch up, like in the beginning of it, like who was the team of the year, and that was informative, and people liked it. And so I think that we should repeat it. Who is your team of the two weeks?
1: Ooh, two team of the two weeks.
0: Any, anybody bag it in the past two weeks? Anybody get it? Like anybody like get into that playoff? You know, anybody who really kind of comes to mind as is the team of the two weeks. Uh, I mean the the Oilers
1: uh upped their odds to be in pretty good shape. The Stars did too. Both those teams did well. Technically, according to Elo, the team of the past two weeks is the Saint Louis Blues. Hmm. They've been on a tear, but they were already, you know, locked into the playoffs basically. I watched the
0: Stars game last week or last night. They're pretty they're pretty they fun, were fun to watch. They're a fun team. They're a good team. Yeah, I like them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, me too. And they're going to be in the playoffs, mo- uh, you know, almost certainly. Uh, with apologies to the teams that we talk about uh, in a little uh, second. Yeah, I
0: watched Dallas Tampa, which was that last night or was that last week?
1: Ah, uh, th- it feels like it was like this week. Um, yeah, anyway, it was a great game. <laughs> yeah, well, Tampa, Tampa might be our anti-team of uh, the the past two weeks. It's not mm. quite that bad. Expand um, on that. <laughs> what's that? Expand on that. Well, well, among the teams that are playoff bound, them and the Penguins are the only teams to lose double-digit points of ELO in the last two weeks. Um, they weren't the worst team. The Coyotes are just totally tanking. They've lost 20 points of ELO in the past two weeks. But yeah, the, uh, the, the Lightning are... They've been kind of coasting this season. I mean, they're not bad. Uh, they are going for their third straight cup, so we'll kind of cut them maybe a little bit of slack. Uh, but I'm curious to see what happens with them in the playoffs. Uh, so they they might be our anti-team of the past uh, two weeks. But, you know, uh, I, I'm going to give the Blues a, a tentative nod uh, for the fact that they uh, added so much with, with some runners up to those other uh, high playoff odd teams. All right. Is that wishy-washy enough for you, Walt?
0: That's a hundred. That's the wishy-washy thing that I've ever heard. It's like, <laughs> it's like when like you ask Nate who's going to win the election. It's like bam, right? <laughs> it's great. You mean I'm not um, going to get a straight answer? No, of course not. I'm yeah, I get mean that, things
1: couched and couched and in, couched inside I, of probabilities.
0: My big predicty thing is over. The Oscars are past, so I have like mm. another like I get to be chirpy for about eight months until I start to have stuff to hedge all the time again. So.
1: Yeah, but now you're going to have to predict who slaps whom.
0: I mean, this is the the combat sports component of it. Like we got we got a bunch of requests being like, <laughs> hey, listen, why don't why didn't you predict an assault? And I was like, listen, our Oscar model could only predict robberies, baby. They got <laughs> <laughs> Petty thefts. <laughs> Green books, the very least. It, I'm telling you. Screw that. <laughs> Rome was all the way, dude. Um, but yeah, so it was a... Uh, but yeah, so I got another year until I have to start watching my mouth. Um but anyway, uh yeah, Which is so, something we never do on this podcast. No. This is uh, the officially sanctioned podcast of no corporation. Uh, <laughs> no one owns this. And thereby the most freewheeling podcast on yeah. the internet. It is in international waters. We don't...
1: <laughs> there's <Yeah. laughs> um, And great news. Elon Musk just bought this podcast. So we'll did. be able to say even more of what we
0: want. Yes, absolutely. I felt like my speech was being so constrained. <laughs> <And definitely, laughs> I'm very curious as to what... People start saying if that goes down because I'm like, like, what are you people? <laughs> yeah, it's holding like back? what what were you holding back this whole what time? What is not being said on Twitter that <laughs> that like that now finally you feel empowered to yeah, reveal? <laughs> like, that's my
1: that's my thought. Like, yeah, it's like what I what didn't was, know anybody what was what holding it back from being uh, saying this whole yeah. time. But uh, I will not be silenced when talking about the Golden Knights and the
0: uh, LA Kings. Was that a good segue? (laughs) That is because listen if you won't be silenced then I'm gonna have you on my podcast and welcome to uh you know a large platform well a modest platform to talk about the Golden Knights and the LA Well fairly a platform. (laughs) It is a platform.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah that's why we have no fear of deplatforming because like to be deplatformed you have to actually have one to begin with. (laughs) Uh, So anyway, I want to talk about the golden Knights and the LA Kings, because I think, you know, in a playoff chase down the stretch run, that's mostly been bereft of drama. This Mm. is like the drama that we have. And we talked a little bit uh, on it when we did our little catch up, when we talked about, okay, what teams basically don't have either a zero or a 100% chance of making the playoffs. And uh, the Golden Knights stood out for having almost a 50-50 shot. And this was, what, like uh, three weeks ago? Something like that? Whereas now, they're at 48%. It's still the same. It's the same (laughs) uh, coin flip as it was. And no progress was made. (laughs) No progress, but no uh, deficit was -hmm. was, uh, drawn down either. And- the Kings, who I believe were up in the 70s when we talked, they've now dropped back, but they're at 58%, and I should say all of this is in the 538 um, prediction model, which used to be hosted, uh, sponsored exclusively by a couple of goons. Now it's actually hosted on uh, ABC News. Talk about a, <laughs> a leap in, in platform for, I mean, for what it's worth.
0: Absolutely. You guys really downgraded. <laughs> but anyway.
1: <laughs> So anyway... <laughs> um, the Knights, uh, we were kind of thinking of them as being almost dead in the water. I didn't want to write them off completely because they have a ton of talent. This was a team that led the league in goal differential last year, but they, they have been
0: persistently good too, since they're, oh drafted. yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, completely. Since the the expansion year, you know, going to the finals as an expansion team, which is still one of the craziest things that we don't talk about having happened in sports uh, recently. (laughs) And so, um, you know, they were looking like the most disappointing team probably in the NHL this year and had kind of sleepwalked through the year. And uh, they just needed to make a strong push to make the playoffs. But because of the cap problems that we talked about they have literally had to leave mark stone one of the best players on long-term injured reserve because they don't have the cap space to like bring him up uh, and they're waiting for their some of their current players to get injured i think stone might actually be on the verge of coming back but they'll have to like send somebody else down but it's because of this um you know shuffle that that the lightning uh were were called out for last year but this idea of like well, if you can't get under the cu- uh, under the cap during the regular season, you have to like stash players on long term injured reserve and then like hope you make the playoffs and then kind of go from there. Uh, and that seems to be I don't even think it was intentional on the Knights part because they were like, we got this figured out. We'll dump Evgeny to uh at the deadline and. Surely he has. He doesn't have a no-trade clause blocking <laughs> him from going to. Uh, I forget even where he was supposed to. Go. Anaheim, I want to say blocking him from going to Anaheim. And then it was like, Oh wait, by the way, he has a no trade clause blocking him from going to uh, Anaheim. Uh, and that really blew up their whole plan. So they're kind of hanging on and it seemed pretty bleak. Uh, Cause we talked right after that trade deadline debacle. Well, ever since then though, the Knights have kind of gone on a tear. Uh, they've only lost four times uh, since March 15th. So almost a whole month. Uh, and they've been one of the hottest teams basically after the deadline, which is kind of bizarre if you think about <laughs> um, all the all the stuff they were going through. Um, and I think Dodonov has like contributed some to the, the hot streak, uh, at least in some way. And so they have kind of thrown a wrench into the narrative that, Oh, this team is, you know, kind of slumping and sleepwalking and they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, but there's a ton of other complicating factors because the Kings were right there. They had points on the nights. They also had, and still have the easiest remaining schedule. If you look at the average ELO of their, um, remaining yeah, you,
0: opponents. We want to talk about this because you actually did a bunch of number crunching on, um, the remaining strength of schedule and it does seem to benefit some people more than others. Yeah.
1: Well, it all kind of works out in the end, but like, so the Knights have played the 27th hardest schedule, uh, up until now. And the Kings Mm. have played the sixth hardest, but that just means that the Kings backloaded their easy games and they have the 32nd hardest remaining schedule, uh, from this point on. And that's, uh, like, Uh, the Kings have six games left and the Knights have eight games left, which is also relevant um, because the Knights do have opportunities to pick up points, at least on the Kings um, that, that they didn't necessarily have against the other teams they were fighting with. Like we mentioned the stars and the Oilers. Um, But if you look at the, the strength of schedule, so the Knights have the eighth hardest remaining schedule, but the Kings, like the difference between the Kings and the second easiest remaining schedule, which is the Sabres is like 21 points of average ELO in terms of the opponent, um, which is like a massive difference in terms of like, they're not just playing the easiest schedule. They're playing like a ridiculously easy remaining (laughs) schedule. And yet they are not uh, assured of, of, getting in uh, kind of backing into the playoffs at this point because they have been so weak uh, down the stretch and the Knights have picked it up uh, and and it looks like it's kind of going to go down to the wire. Also, the Kings are missing. I mean, they're just running on fumes at this point. I think it was announced earlier this week that Drew Doughty, uh, one of their best defensemen, if not their number one defenseman is going to be out for the rest of the year. So they don't have him. And it's not one of those fake long-term injury (laughs) uh, uh, report things. He's, he's legitimately injured uh, and can't come back. And so you're sort of looking at a team that's limping into the playoffs clearly has less talent. I think everybody thought from the beginning of the season that like, if you asked, Hey, who has more talent? The Kings or the Knights you'd get laughed at uh, because the Knights (laughs) had been so good uh, in recent years. And the Kings were like, Eh, you know, they had a mildly, uh, above expectation season last year, but they're, you know, not the dynasty team that they used to be, didn't even make the playoffs. So it's like, eh, whatever. Um, so yeah, it's, there's all these dynamics going on here. Um, and complicating it even further is like you said, the, the stars and the Oilers have not flopped either. So, you know, the, I like to think of it as being like paths to the playoffs. If you're a team like the golden Knights, where it's nice to have fallbacks. If you can't beat one team head to head, it's nice to have other potential teams that you could beat head to head. And that was possible for them a few weeks ago where it's like, okay, maybe they don't chase down the Kings, but they could chase down the Oilers uh, uh, or, you know, one of those other teams for the um, wild card, the stars. Uh, but now it's like, yeah, they pretty much have to make it in out of the Pacific division uh, and, and chase down the Kings and the Kings are kind of obliging in, in the way that they've <laughs> sort of limped, uh, limped along and they only have a three point lead on the night. Uh, and, and they have those two um, fewer remaining games. So the Knights effectively, you know, have more opportunities to chase them down. So I think that's going to be the most interesting race. And let me tell you that again, because of the cap situation, all of the other teams in the West are such LA King fans right now. (laughs) Um, Not to the point, although like, I don't know, maybe if you're, if you're a team like, uh, I don't know, one of of the other teams that's, that's facing the Kings down the stretch. uh, You might be tempted if you're in that playoff chase to be like, Oh, maybe uh, we need to rest our starters. Maybe we need to rest our starters. But luckily as I'm kind of looking at it right now, None of the teams, this is why they have the, the weak, um, this is the, the non-silver lining of the weak remaining schedule is none of their remaining opponents are really in that mix. So they, if almost ironically, if they'd had a little bit of a harder schedule, like one of the other Western teams, maybe there's a little bit of a, you know, wink, wink, like, Hey, (laughs) you know, we'd rather face you in the playoffs than Vegas as it is, you know, Vegas, uh, their their remaining opponents would love to shut them out of the playoffs for a bunch of different reasons you guys Um, do
0: the fun thing where you're actually able to grade the importance of a game um and like it is just lots of yellow across the board here in terms of i'm seeing a lot of hundreds and 95s whenever one of these two teams is playing so it really just kind of seems like you know if you're judging what to watch if it if it has a if it has a chess piece in it you should really watch the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so something like tonight with the Flames and the Golden Knights, you know, maybe the Flames, even though they've uh, they've had such a great season and they've long since clinched the um, the playoffs, or you know, kind of put themselves at essentially one hundred percent to make it, maybe they uh, go really hard at at the Knights uh, so that they could, you know cut off the head of the snake so that they won't have to uh, fight it later on in the campaign uh, or something (laughs) like that. The head of the dragon. I don't know. Uh, But yeah, uh, if, if Vegas gets in, they're going to instantly be one of the scariest teams. They'll go from being one of the biggest disappointments to one of the scariest teams, just because they'll get to get all of their uh, injured reserve players back and not care about the salary cap, which is its own thing where I know people were proposing like, Hey, Maybe we should keep the salary cap um, rules through the playoffs and you get into a big debate over how, you know, that's probably more fair, but at the same time, do you want one of the contending teams to forcibly not be able to play one of their uh, best players, even when healthy, because they can't get under the cap and they have no opportunity to do so? I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is on that. It's kind of an interesting um, thing that comes up in the NHL because it's a hard capped league and they're very serious about teams, you know, not exceeding the cap um, in, in ways that you don't see in other sports for the most part.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, you know, we've never gone into it, but like, are there complicated labor relations in the NHL between the league and players? Uh, You know, there's uh there's a particular
1: event that we have not discussed yet, because uh I forget even why. It, it was going to be formative to your uh, hockey knowledge, and then we were going to do a deep dive on it, I and we it, never I did. think it was just
0: so formative that we never addressed it, but we should do it at some point. Yeah, it's and, like and,
1: how, you know, like, we're all here because of the Big Bang, but we never talk about that.
0: Well, listen, we can't have that in the schools. We can't have the kids know about that. It. That is right. true. Yeah, You can't <laughs> so. mention that. Nope. And that's it's just kinda,
1: mentioning the show, The Big Bang Theory, because it sucks.
0: When is the right age to talk to your child about Sheldon Cooper? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I would say never. Probably I mean, never. maybe young Sheldon, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know if that's the demo that they're even going for, but hey, listen, it'll, uh, they'll figure it out, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah. So again, like kind of a basic, um, falling in into the playoffs coming up in a few weeks and then anything you've seen lately that has impressed you particularly anybody any teams kind of breaking I know that you had always mentioned that like you know it kind of comes down to a goalie getting hot sometimes and then people the to stay hot are there any kind of hot irons that have your attention even if they aren't maybe the top seeded teams <laughs> well we've said that there's effectively no ability
1: to predict who's going to be hot in the playoffs so you know the rangers with Igor And I mean, it's no, it's not a recent development that he's been great, but that's like the goalie that, you know, I feel like he's gotten a lot of MVP um, steam kind of building up as well uh, in, in recent uh, weeks. And I'm, I'm kind of here for it. I don't have a problem with him winning MVP. Uh, I think that he's been one of the biggest reasons why the Rangers have been so successful and we kind of broke them down last time as well. Um, but at the same time, you know, can we say that he's going to be as good in the playoffs? That's the big question. If you build a team around a goalie, obviously the maxim being that the hottest goalie is the, the one that wins the cup can, are are, you're effectively making a bet that you can predict who the, um, the hottest goalie will be, but the hottest goalie is not the best goalie. So uh, it's like, I've seen enough years where dude who ranks 20th, out of 30 in save percentage uh, boosts his save percentage by 30 points in the playoffs. And they uh, go to the finals to, to write off any goalie as either calling them, anointing them the hot goalie or saying they won't be the hot goalie.
0: Got it. So, you know, he can only be determined two weeks from now, you know? <laughs> well, if, if even then, I mean,
1: it's okay. So, I don't know. That's one of the things about hockey that makes it so, kind of random you know and frustrating to try to predict although this year i think there's so many good teams that you're not probably not gonna have a situation where it's like oh this team that you know snuck into the playoffs and stinks but their goalie is playing well this sucks like all the teams are good uh and all the teams i i kind of looked at this because um i did a thing this week about the florida panthers where they had the they have one of the top 20 offenses ever, which really, you know, we're not really talking about enough. Uh, this is like the greatest show on turf, the greatest show on ice, I guess. Uh, this is the, um, this is the like 2007 Patriots. This is like one of those teams. That's just like, they come back from down four goals all the time. It's crazy how, uh, you know, normally in hockey, it's like, okay, if you're down one, you might be able to come back, pull the goalie, see what you can do. If you're down two, you're really up against it. If you're down three, forget about it. They come back from down four like regularly. It's crazy. <laughs> they have 10 third period comebacks this year, which is the most of any team. At least that was as of Monday. It may have gone up. I haven't really paid attention to their game since then. But so to me, that's like they're indicative of this year being the year of the offense in the NHL and the offensive level is. Hi, the highest it's been this year since nineteen ninety six, which so, was a great year in hockey, which we can should talk d- about at some
0: point. Like bigger picture, why is that? Like what like what is different about that team as compared to the league as a whole? And what is compared what is the difference between this league and like the league of three years ago that makes well, it high scoring?
1: I think the players are, are even like better now than they were like 10 years ago in terms of skill. I think they've selected more. We talked about this in one of our episodes last season about how, you know, as physicality and kind of brutality and yes, goons have been kind of phased out of the game. Teams have been prioritizing more skill, more speed, more, you know, grace and that I think is really starting to show up. It already had uh, with like the top end players, but I think it's even more kind of come to bear this year. I think the COVID stuff also played a role. Like there was a um, a leap in scoring around uh, when all the shutdowns and makeup games and all that stuff happened that I can't think of an immediate explanation. Cause this wasn't like the NBA where in the NBA around that time you had like the NBA broke the single season record for most players used in a single season in November. Uh, or like (laughs) early December this season because of COVID, they were just like, okay, sign like dudes that have not played in the league in like five years, but they're still seven feet tall and they can like play an NBA game and have them play like one game because, you you know, (laughs) yeah, you can't teach height. Uh, So, you know, the NBA had that. The NHL didn't really do that. I mean, there were some players that maybe got some chances in the uh, COVID situation that um maybe wouldn't have otherwise but for the most part uh they just canceled those games or you know kind of postponed them they didn't actually you know make teams play but with weird shoestring rosters that only only the name on the front of the jersey bore any resemblance to (laughs) the regular roster of the team which was a choice by the nba i respect it uh (laughs) but uh so uh, but for whatever reason from that point onward you know scoring was already a little bit up but it went a lot up after that. And I think it stayed at roughly that level ever since. Um, And that's what makes me think also, if you look at the top teams, it's not just Florida, but I think all of the top teams have offenses that are better than the league average. Um, And it could be that like some teams are tanking. I think probably the league is a lot more top heavy this year than usual. Mm -hmm. So there's like, you know, the red wings are, if they're going to give up 11 goals in a game, that's going to get you some, some scoring on your your stat yeah. sheet for the year, you know. Uh, so I think it's a combination of all those things, like feasting on bad tanking teams, offense being up since all those disruptions to the league, more skill and talent, more emphasis on offensive production. And I'm, I'm excited about it because it does sort of indicate, like, these playoffs are going to be not just like a grind fest, but yeah. hopefully they'll be sort of a nice mix of offense and defense and firepower and, you know, kind of slug fests and things like that.
0: That's good. And Hey, then they'll finally get on sports center too, because ESPN is now finally broadcasting the games. So that's good. Now yeah. they
1: don't have to rely on those two uh, Canadian guys for the Canadian ESPN. Like TSN. they used to. Yeah. TSN. <laughs> Jay well, and talking, Jay yeah, and Bob Jay, or whatever. Jay on and Dan O'Toole. Yeah. Jay and Dan. Yeah.
0: Nailed it. Yeah. Bobrovsky. Yeah, uh, Bobrovsky. Yeah. No, it, I, I, I really enjoy those two gentlemen. <laughs> I think Andre didn't, wasn't he at, did he go to Fox sports one for a little bit there or if yeah, he he either,
1: way. either way. Um, yeah, they had a beef with Regis Philbin RIP. Um, how did they have a beef with
0: show. Regis? Phil- anyway,
1: <laughs> well, Regis Philbin hosted an FS one round table, um, discussion show with like them plus multiple other personalities plus other, like, you know, former players it was a very strange combination. I don't know really what they were going for there, but it was nice to see Reg do TV. Yeah. It,
0: it, I, nobody has ever turned off the TV being like, I don't want to watch this Regis Philbin is in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, That was my feeling also when I went to that bank across the street from our old office
1: and Regis would go in there. Be like, yeah. I got to stick around Regis is in here because he lived like right around
0: the block. Yep. He was like the ABC federal credit union was founded by region. They they had a plaque of him outside of
1: the ABC building, but then also across the street of the bank, they also had a plaque of him. I'm not sure why.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just cashes the checks there all the time. Um, (laughs) That's fun. And then, so I guess like on that one quick note, like again, just in sports in general, I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of, you know, some of the like, bigger picture study stuff about sports specifically about things like home field advantage always was like really hunting for these sort of um natural natural experiments experiments we're like oh no we just couldn't have a crowd this week for whatever reason in 1986 and that's how we have this great data and then like it just seems like that there was a ton of obviously like people saying like wow this is a really interesting natural experiment going on and i suppose like you know it's the the NFL has been real hot lately, particularly after that, after the crowds came back, and then the NHL has been really, really hot lately. Does that have anything to do with it? You think, or or beyond simply the COVID season? Oh, I, I think people missed uh, these sports. I think
1: you know it it kind of proved how much of a part of people's everyday lives that it was, and so when sports kind of was on pause for that period of time. It created this huge hole. I'm not, you know, not just for somebody like me, for whom it was like a massive, you know, uh, void in the middle of my life. How pathetic is that? But uh, literally have nothing uh, meaningful otherwise going on. Uh, But, you know, just like normal people too, not freaks like me, um, also really missed it. And so I, I and missed the opportunity to go to the games and actually sort of like you know, uh, scream and yell and act like a crazy person. You know, uh, so yeah. I I think you know some people took a little too far. Notably, uh, afterward, and then the just Philly fans were normal. Uh, yeah. They they call that they call that Tuesday. Um, but uh, but but yeah, I think for the most part, you know, that enthusiasm has sort of been like, hey, these are back. These sports are back, and honestly, I think. They're better than they were before. I think the NHL in particular, um, but also, yeah, the NFL, you know, has been great uh recently. And yeah, it's just the the level of play. So I don't know if it's like part us having rose-colored glasses on about like, oh, you know, I'll take any sports, it's great. Uh, but then also being like, this is a great generation of athletes, you know, that's always uh every generation of athletes is gonna be like the best generation ever if we're really thinking about it in terms yeah. of like actual uh athletic ability. It's kind of silly to think otherwise. I know there's people that are like, then nothing could beat the baseball from the nineteen forties. And it's
0: like, okay. That's a great Harry Anton impression, out. by the way, and I really enjoyed it. <laughs>
1: Look, guys, what we're gonna <laughs> do is we're gonna talk about the New York Giants and maybe the Brooklyn Dodgers and maybe the New York Yankees. <laughs> anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> I miss him. I was at the Comedy Cellar a few weeks ago and I was like, Ah, oh, wish Harry was here.
1: Um, anyway, well, we can't uh, have him on the show because he doesn't like hockey. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You would think he might, you know, because it's like. He's an old timey type of guy. Yeah. Like hockey was mired in its own tradition so like, long that it the, had
0: the the logo of the of the Montreal
1: Canadiens. Like, yeah. yeah, this is this is an old timey sport. It's in French, people. It's in French.
0: <laughs> but um, Martin Brodeur's dad can read it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and it, but uh, it is like. It is interesting because again, there was that like three months there where it was literally like any sport in in, in storm and like people marble were watching racing. competitive marble racing exactly. Um, that was that was a weird couple of months, and now we just have an abundance of riches and like F one is just all of a sudden appearing. It was great. So yeah, yeah. Well, F is having like-
1: a moment because of the Netflix documentary, and I think i am surely someone out there and I know there's been like one-off documentaries, like, you know, I think the team's YouTube channel sometimes in hockey will, will do like behind the, behind the penguins or behind the avalanche or whatever. Um, mm. but like, I think there definitely is fertile ground to be, uh, plowed around making a hockey sort of like, uh, drive to survive type of, um, documentary uh uh, around the stanley cup playoffs because honestly i mean this is a sport where nothing beats the tension in like overtime in the playoffs and you got guys that by june they've been playing hockey for like almost a full year straight they're playing with god knows what injuries You've got dude like in the history of hockey, dudes playing on like broken legs, wouldn't recommend it. Um, no. but they but they would do that back in the day. Uh and and just this like you know mentality of hey, if you can get the whatever's wrong with you stitched up by the trainer and get back onto the bench as soon as possible and just go out and play. You know, no, no other sport really has that ethos of I, I think it's similar of this like survival, you know, the fittest. In the in the playoffs so you know if anybody from Netflix is listening make yeah. a hockey documentary please a
0: hockey. as a person who has read a substantial number of gay interest web comics about hockey I can tell you for a fact that there's a ton <laughs> of stories here like, <laughs> yeah what's uh what's that uh comic called um, there's like the big one there's several of them the bi- the big one is check please which is very good that's yeah by check, please. Uh, Ngozi and her last name alludes to me more but like you can that's on the internet That's uh it's out there that's a stellar one I think it won an Eisner, it was something it's again, like top notch recommend it, but that's some off season recommendations because we're going to post season baby. And then, like, <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, anyway, I just wanted to do kind of a, a meandering, um, why is hockey good lately? Because it is good. And it seems very, like it seems uniquely so, but also all the sports really seem to be hitting their stride. It seems like I keep on reading stuff like this is the best draft class ever. This is the best this ever. And like a lot of that is obviously, you know, COVID adjacent or players who hung back in colleges to not have to enter, have their first season be the COVID season. But, um, it is, a, it's, it just, it it seems like things are really kind of hitting it. And I feel like you have a high enough, like 40,000 foot view that I actually just wanted to straight up ask you like, are just sports normally better than good? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think that's especially true in the
1: NHL. I was reading a story from Justin Cuthbert of Yahoo who talked about how, and I totally felt exactly what he was saying is like now in the NHL, you can turn on, like a game any night of the week and find two really good, evenly matched teams like Calgary could be playing Colorado, uh, or Tampa could be playing Carolina or Florida could be playing just about damn near anyone spot yeah. somebody like a four goal lead against Florida and, and see, uh, see how that works out for them. So I do think that there's this component of, it's something that's actually missing from the NBA and, uh, Probably a little bit from baseball. I mean, you know, baseball's regular season is so long that it's about, like, the rhythms of it. It's not, like, about any given night. Uh, but yes. but the NFL is always about, like, let's hit that, like, 4 p.m. Sunday, you know, Fox game. That's going to be, the, you know, the huge game or, like, 8 p.m. on NBC, Sunday night uh, football. Uh, hockey... Didn't have that type of thing, but now I feel like this season in particular, you just toss on one of those games, and it is like a you know 4
0: p.m. Fox uh, NFL game where it's like yeah. clashes. I've been doing Titans. that all season. It's great. Like again, like I, right? I just think of the like the half-assed game quality of like oh I'll just turn on this thing even though I have no skin in the game on it has just been really quality this year. again. Like I watched a lot of games last year, but like I just feel like for whatever reason it feels a little bit more electric and fun. And again, it could just be the crowd. Like I'm an ape. I know that when people start (laughs) cheering, like brain starts secreting serotonin because that's just how, how primates work. But like at the same time, it just feels like it's been a little bit hotter. Yeah. Totally. Sick. Um, yeah, that was fun. All right. So Neil, where can folks find the forecast? Uh, they can find it at I'm not gonna remember that URL, but they can find it at 538. Nor am I. Even though I am paying about like eight dollars a year for it, I'm not gonna remember it.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you just go to go to five thirty eight dot uh, com slash sports, it'll it'll be on there. Or you could go to projects.538.com com slash twenty twenty two NHL predictions. Hyphens between all those uh words. Uh yeah, what about you, Walt?
0: Uh, I'm just online, just in places. Yeah, just it's great. Out and about. I'm on, um, uh, what's Elon's site? I forget what it's called. Anyway, you can find me there. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, bye.